Welcome to the Craft to Career Podcast with Elizabeth Chapel, where every week we dive into how you can turn your craft into a successful career. Get ready to have the career you've always dreamed of. Hello, and welcome to episode 95 of the Craft to Career Podcast. I am Elizabeth Chapel, the host of the podcast. This week, I have a very special guest on the show. I'm going to tell you a little bit about how I've worked with this guest. But before then, I want to invite you to subscribe and leave a review for the podcast. I don't run ads, but I do try to bring a lot of value and a lot of great guests and just even myself sharing information on the podcast. But in order to do that, I do rely on your reviews and your subscriptions to the podcast. So if you haven't yet, please take a moment to go and leave a review for the Craft to Career podcast. So this week we have Michelle Fernandez. She is a very talented marketing expert. I hired her to help with my ads last year. And in fact, we have an entire episode that's going to be on her podcast where I dive really deep into my experience hiring someone before her and no names or anything, but just how, how she knows what she's doing as a marketing expert. And recently we are actually in the same mastermind this year. And so I've reached out to her and she, I, I did not realize she's not just Facebook ads. Like she does marketing with all of the things with your funnels, how to drive more traffic to your products. I mean, she is the real deal and a major wealth of knowledge and she's just super sweet and fun. So I cannot wait to introduce you to Michelle Fernandez. I'm so excited, Michelle, to have you here. My audience knows how much I love you because I talk about you. So I I will let the introduction be done by you. Can you just share a little introduction of who you are in the marketing world? Yes. So hi, I am excited to be here. And you're just so lovely. It's like so nice working with people who are really like driven to make things happen and more importantly, help other people like um, make their dreams happen, if you will. Um, so my journey, I, I am a, I have a digital marketing agency and I work with mostly and mainly course creators, coaches, people who have memberships and masterminds, things like that. And I do have a couple of brick and mortar businesses like salons and things like that, Pilates studios, stuff like that. And um, I really am all about driving more traffic and driving more demand for your offers and really get your um, visible out there to the masses, like amplify what you're currently doing. And ultimately, so you can create this predictable growth in your business. So you can kind of stop that feast and famine mode. Like <laughs> a lot of people are even, it's, it's funny because even though they're generating all this revenue, they're still like every month, oh my gosh, how am I going to pay my bills, right? And you're like, wait a minute, you just brought in hundred thousand dollars this month. What do you mean? Right? So it's about mm -hmm. not only creating this growth, it's like predictable, profitable growth is really what I like to dial in on and figure out like where the gaps are really in your whole marketing funnel, like your business, and then figure out how we can go in there and then start to um, have like a quantum leap to get to there. Okay. Well, that's so appealing. I don't know a business owner out there who isn't like, Yes, I want more sales. I want more traffic. Mm -hmm. So when somebody comes to you, do they generally 
Well, first of all, how, how do they generally find you? Oh, I usually, my mom asked me this this morning. <laughs> she's <laughs> the like, common question. Wait, was this because I, I got a new client and she's like, yeah, like we celebrated. And then she's like, well, wait, how did they find you? And, you know, and I said through referrals because I really feel, especially in my line of work, um, that's the best type of thing. Like you don't always want to have all your eggs in any one basket. However, when you get those referrals, it's so nice because they're so warm because you've done such a great job for somebody else. Um, so you, they've already vetted you, so to speak. So that's how most people find me. Um, if not, it's from podcasts like this, or I've been on a stage or something. And then they're like, Oh, you seem really cool. What can you help me? How can you support me? Like that kind of thing. That's cool. And I did find you through a referral. And someone recently asked me, how do people find you? It's a very healthy practice in a business to understand where your traffic is coming from. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. (laughs) Yeah. So when someone does reach out to you and they're like, hey, I want to hire you. What, what does that process look like? What do you first ask somebody? Mm -hmm. And this is a really good question, especially if you're looking to hire any type of, I would say, independent contractor, whether it is an agency or not. Um, So for me, what I'm looking at is really what I have found or or learned, (laughs) Mm -hmm. the lessons that I've learned. Because when I first started, it was just like, I want all this business and I'll work with whoever right? Because I just need the money because I, you know, I just left my nine to five. I got to pay my bills. I'm going to do this. Okay. That was not the right way to (laughs) build your business. (laughs) So now what I'm really looking to do first and foremost is to see how passionate someone is about their business. Because with my personality in particular, what happens is, is sometimes I end up caring more about their business than they care about their own right? Because I see the potential. I see their vision. I get so excited that I'm like, yes, let's drive all these people. And And I'm like, yes, we're more, more, more. And then they're just like sitting back, like if it happens, great. If you know, so I definitely Mm -hmm. look in that and I really look to see like, are they mentally prepared, um, to play big, right? Whatever big looks like for them to really go to that next level. Like they're all into growing their business. Right. And then it's like, okay, we know that there's going to be some level of fear. (laughs) So Mm -hmm. how are we going to move through the fear to get to the other side, to that next level of fear? However, um, what was it? I was talking to a client the other day and then we, I talked her down off the ledge (laughs) and then she leaves me a boxer message. She goes, I could tell you're a really good mom. And I'm like, where did that come from? Because she goes, you handled me so well today when I was freaking out when, like, <laughs> when I went to I love press it. that button to launch her new product that she was putting out. So because it does happen. So I'm also looking for somebody who is going to respect the fact that I am the expert in what I do, as well as I respect them that they are the expert in what they do. So this is like a mutual relationship, like a, a coming together of leadership, if you will, on what we're going to do. And together, we are going to move forward, right? Not somebody who's going to hire me and then shift me in every direction because that has happened. And then I'm like, oh, they want this. And oh, and then they don't get the results at all. Like not even what they were expecting. And then I'm like, that's on me because I allowed them to kind of direct me. So that was another lesson learned. So that's pretty much what I really look for. And then I ask all the rest of the questions, the normal stuff. Yeah. You know? Well, so I, I'm excited to dive into like what things you do to help people because mm-hmm. I hired you to do ads to mm-hmm. help me with ads, which was 
such a game changer. In fact, we're going to do a whole episode on your podcast, mm-hmm. diving deep into that. So y'all need to go check that out because it was amazing. But um, I did want to touch on, you said sometimes people are a little bit of, I mean, I hate to say head case, but they're, they're afraid or they're like, ah, how, what signs do you have that like this person isn't ready for success mm-hmm. mentally? Yes. Um, and yes, maybe head case is not the right word. However, we all get to that point sometime and I don't care where you are because you would be very surprised. Some of these people that maybe you're looking up to in whatever world you're living in that what I call like the famous people, some people call them the gurus or the influencers, whatever you want to name them is literally they're all head cases, right? Because every level is that every level you get to. So it's almost like, okay, when I look at them, it's like, they're still really nervous, but they're still taking action and they're still moving ahead. And that's the thing. And then open enough to hear um, okay, this is not working and not get defensive or the other way, like all, you know, depressed or discouraged mm-hmm. that, oh my God, I set this up all wrong. Oh my God, I'm not gonna, you know, no, it's like, okay, I know what it is. What do I need to do to fix it? Right. Yep. And then I'm like, here's what I, and I don't just say, oh, this is broken. See ya. Come, come right. when you, you got it together. <laughs> it's like, okay, this is what I would recommend. Let's start here with just this one simple thing. Let's make that one tweak and then we move forward. Okay. Let's now change this. And then when it's like that, but when I see people start to freak out and that's when I know that they're not ready. So it's the action mm-hmm. taking, it's like feeling that fear and doing it anyway. Right. With the proper yeah, direction, absolutely. you know. Well, and you, you've got to be an action taker to have success. And with that will come mistakes. Like you, I bet you cannot name a single client of yours who hasn't been like, oh, what? Dang it. You know, who's had some ups and downs. Right. But being able to move forward. So when, oh, go ahead. I was just going to say like, one of my clients is a very, um, uh, I would say is an influencer. So we scheduled her webinar and she gets on the webinar and I get a text and she's like, no one's on what is going on? Like, do do I have the right day? And I'm like, oh my God. So I go in and I'm like, did I schedule it? Like, like, you know, what's going on? Well, the person in charge of sending the emails did not put the link to where everybody was supposed to show up. Right. Mm -hmm. So she's just going with the flow. And then we take like literally within, not even within five minutes, we got the link out to everyone and people start coming on. So what could she have done? Say, oh, nobody's here. I'm going to hang up. I'm going to just disconnect or she just going to kind of talk this through, wait for her team to do what needs to be done and get people on. And guess what? From that, (laughs) she didn't even have anybody on. She had, she sold $10,000 within 60 minutes. So if she would have walked away and hung up and gotten all upset or got up, you know, yelled at the team because they didn't have whatever in place, she would not have made $10,000. Right. So when I actually this is the other thing, being open, being coachable and really making all your decisions based on the data and not the drama. Okay, because emotions, it's easy to make decisions like that. And most of us make decisions based on our emotions. Right. Oh, that's I'm a loser. Nobody wanted to come and hear me. Right. I put and this was the first time she was doing this webinar. Okay. Wow. So she probably, you could have thought, oh, nobody wanted that. Yeah, I had some signups, but nobody really wanted it. I'm just going to scratch it all together. That's what a normal person, I think, 
I might have mm-hmm. even done that too, right? So then when it was all done and she was still like, okay, when she hung up, she's like, okay, tell me what happened. I said, this, 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 we've already fixed it for next time. So it's done, right? While she was talking. Then I said, okay, let me just look at the numbers of what you did. You had this show up rate, even though they got the link link. You had this sales conversion, which was higher than any opening webinar you've ever had. So can you just imagine the next one you do when everything's working smoothly, what that's going to look like? So those are the things where it's like, you're like, womp, womp. Then when I bring out the numbers, you're like, hey, that's not so bad. And then you're able to snap out of whatever was going on in your head. You're like, oh, okay. You know, because you have that information. Well, and it's interesting because even for me, as I'm listening, I'm like, well, people still liked it. It was the link that was broken. But let's write the story a little differently. Let's say the link hadn't been broken. Everyone did get the link and still nobody came. It doesn't mean that her product's a failure. There's still something to look at to be like, oh, the message wasn't right or what piece of the pie wasn't right. And let's focus on fixing that. Exactly. Exactly. And honestly, I have, when I first started, I did do some webinars and there were times where I was talking to myself (laughs) Mm -hmm. because I thought, you know what, I'm going to just practice walking through this and how much easier is it going to be for me to go through it performing, but nobody in the audience. Like it actually got me more relaxed for when people did show up. And guess what? That replay link went out to people. So if my energy was low, then nobody would have bought through the emails right? Yeah. I look at everything as an opportunity to learn. And I heard this, um, I can't remember his name, but he talked about turning your failures into fuel. And when he Mm -hmm. said that, I'm like, yes, yes. That's what, so I always remind myself, how can we turn this failure that we're calling it into fuel for the next time? Absolutely. There's always something to learn Mm -hmm. and to improve. And when I hear people say things like, well, I've marketed, I've done everything I can do and my sales aren't good. I'm like, that kind of mindset is not serving you. Mm -hmm. Like there's always something that you can look at doing a little bit better or improving on, which brings me to, to your services. Like what things do you work with clients Mm -hmm. to like help them improve their sales and get more traffic. Mm -hmm. So one of the, well, we talked about the Facebook ads and things like that. Um, The other thing is your funnels. So there's, there's two sides to this that I, that I do. I build them out. So we, we, it's more than just the design, right? So I really come to, you're like, I want to sell this product. So I, even if you don't ask me, I still (laughs) tell you what I think. Um, And I'll be like, well, what if you tried this? So you can actually get, maybe even get a little bit more money. Like, so for example, if you were to sell some sort of a product, like, well, what could be like an upsell? So like, it's funny because I drag my husband to all these events. I, I did it on purpose at first, just so he would like, be okay with me wanting to join something. Right. And then it was like, well, gosh, when I have these conversations with him at home, like I want him to understand because I, he's really, you know, creative and sounding board. So we went to McDonald's to get him coffee. And then they were like, well, would you like a apple pie with that or something? Whatever they asked. And he turns to me, he's like, that's an upsell. I'm like, it is an upsell. Everybody (laughs) has them. You are right. I'm glad to see you are paying attention, but like what (laughs) kind of an upsell could you provide? Right. Um, so I really look at like, 
Because whenever you're doing some sort of a funnel, like whether it's in person or whatever you're doing, you are looking to see like, okay, how can I make the most out of it? How can I earn the most out of it? Because most likely you are running paid traffic to it. So we're looking to see how can we get the most return on whatever investment that we're putting in, whether it be time or money, right? So that's like one side. I kind of strategize. What is this going to look like? What is that customer journey going to look like? And make sure it all goes through. And then on the other side, I do like this fractional chief marketing officer. So that just means part-time for those who don't have somebody in full-time. So variations of it. But basically, I look at their company holistically. And I first start with, what are your company revenue goals, right? And then what does the marketing department have to do to achieve those? So we always want to make sure that's aligned. So it is coming in and literally like with a huge spreadsheet, breaking down to see all the data and then find the gap. Like what is the first thing that is below a benchmark that if we even change this, it's going to be like that domino effect that if we change this, it's going to push everything else to increase. Okay, now we got this flowing. We got this system going. What's the next one that we need to improve? So that's more of a bigger project like really growing and expanding. And, um, you know, that's what I really love to do. So I always push myself on. I'm like, okay, this is what you need to track from here. And, oh, look how cool this, you know, goes. Um, So, yeah, that's pretty much what I do. My heart rate is going high and I'm like, we need, I need to hire you immediately (laughs) because I have like, well, and so here's the deal though. A lot of my listeners, are more not not all but most most of my listeners are this is pretty advanced stuff they're not quite there yet mm-hmm. so even for them i can hear them thinking like wait what does she mean this domino effect so i guess if i were to share in in my business terms and tell me what you know tell me your thoughts on this but like over time i started with one product and then you touched on a customer journey mm-hmm. so figuring out like what things would a person buy before before they buy my my main product and what would they buy after that and so this domino effect are you like well let's look at that thing that they would get before they buy your main product and how to get more traffic to that yes opt-in or whatever yes so let's say you're giving a, a free design pattern or something like that right so it'd be like okay well are you getting the, the leads that you should be getting. So are you putting it out there? And let's say the benchmark is for every 100 people that see it, um, the benchmark is really like 30, 40 people are going to actually opt in to get the free thing, okay? Mm-hmm. So if your number is at 6%, then that's the one thing that we can start improving to get it to the 30%. So then you can get more leads. So if you're spending, let's say it's costing you, you're spending $100. So let's say six leads or 6% is is costing you, I don't know, $20 a lead. Well, now if I go and get you 40%, that $20 a lead is going to drop significantly to maybe like six, three, I don't know, right? So Mm -hmm. then now you're able to get more leads with the same ad spend. So you see how it's affecting not only with what you're getting subscribers to get new people into your ecosystem to then buy more stuff 
And then it's also getting your marketing costs are able to maintain what they are. You're not having to increase the budget. So what happens is this is what I see so many times. They're like, oh, Facebook doesn't know what they're doing. And I waste all this money. And I'm like, really? Let's just look at it. And how can we do this? I did one. This is an example with one customer. She was doing a boot camp, different from what um, I know you're, you, the people listening do. So a boot camp is something like they participate in something and they learn something for a few days and then she pitches their course. So the first day, her she was getting 26% of the people opting in. We I went in, I was like, mm, let's change blah, blah, blah. I think we changed a couple of little things. The next day, it went to 58 point something. In one day. Okay, that's crazy. So, so what things that. do you look at? Things that I can think of on my radar, photos, mm-hmm. the words. Mm-hmm. I don't know if we understand the power of the words. Mm-hmm. Are there other things that I'm not thinking of? Yes. So messaging is everything because you could sell everything with messaging, right? So when you're saying the words on the page is like, is it something? Is it the problem that they solve? Is it something that they want? Are you creating the curiosity? There's all kinds of things. Are you showing them what the desire is going to be without the pain or struggle? So that's one thing. Um, also, too, some, sometimes it's technical, right? Sometimes it's like, is there literally a button so they know what to do? They might read it, but maybe they can't see it before the scroll. So they're like, okay, so now what? So what happens? Because our attention span is like, I don't know, now it's probably like, four seconds, something ridiculous, we just swipe, we move away, we bounce off the page. Sometimes this is really big is the mobile optimization. So we might be putting something together on the desktop and you're like, wow, this looks beautiful. It's perfect, blah, blah, blah. But when you look at your phone, the font size is so big that maybe you see like a word and a half. (laughs) And then they're like, what's going on? And they bounce. Right. So it's just yep. even sometimes it's just little single tweaks that make a huge difference. All I want to do right now is hire you full time to work <laughs> for me all the time. That's all I want. <laughs> well, what have we got to do to make this work? No. OK. But I did also want to talk about you mentioned solving a problem. Mm-hmm. So, again, people in my audience get really stuck on this idea of narrowing down the niche. Mm-hmm. They they either don't understand it, or don't believe that it matters, or don't know what that looks like. Mm-hmm. So so first of all, the niche, because you've worked with clients across the board. So mm-hmm. I'd love for you to touch on the niche. And then within the niche, what what does it mean? Like, why is solving a problem important? And how could that look like with a quilt pattern, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. Okay. So let's talk about the problem really quick. And then maybe we can talk in circles because sometimes I do that. Um, So when you talk about the problem, most people run faster from pain than towards pleasure, right? So when we were talking at the beginning of this conversation, we were like, how do we stay in this positive mindset? (laughs) So I was like, got so into my mindset that I was like, I'm going to make everything positive. And then I was like, this is not good for marketing because I would think people would want that desire, right? But they don't want to sit in that fear or that pain or that struggle. They'd rather, you know, uh, be like, they're not even like running towards desire, but they don't want to feel that negativity. So it's almost like you have to hit on what that negativity is. So I'm just throwing this out there and, and maybe we could walk through this, but like maybe one of the, let's just say, 
you're doing quilts for your baby, right? And then you're like, you don't want the pain to be that like when the kids get older, they didn't have that baby quilt or something special that then they could pass on to their child and so on and so forth, right? So it's all about maybe creating that emotion because emotion in your messaging is very, very good. And what would that, how would you describe that pain, right? Um, and you might think, well, that's not really a pain, Michelle, what? but it is because mm-hmm. you can't get back that time, right? So when you dive into that a little bit more, then you're going to see that. When it comes to niching, this was a big thing and a lot of people do struggle with it. So if, if you're one of those people, you are totally not alone. And I, as a, I in fact, did because I thought in my agency, oh, I know how to do all these things. Like literally, I know how to do all these things. Should I be doing all these things? Right, <laughs> it exactly. Was funny because I'm like, I'm doing this, doing this. And one of my clients is like, hey, by the way, do you know how to do this? And I'm like, yeah. And he's like, why didn't you tell me? And I'm like, I'm not going to sit here and be like, la, 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 you know? Um, mm-hmm. But if they, if, as we start talking, this could be something I end up offering as a complete service. When um, I read this book called Built to Sell, and it ended up being a marketing agency um, that was struggling because they offered all the things, building a website, you know, doing advertising, whatever, all these things. And they were struggling to make it work. So he went to a gentleman asking for coaching and he says, I want you to pick one thing that you either love to do or one thing that you want to sell. And he's like, there's no way I cannot da 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 because we do all these things and I have all these people that build the websites and like these departments. He's like, pick one and I want you to be the go-to place to go do this one thing. And I can't remember what they picked, but let's just say websites. So Mm -hmm. he literally cut out all the other services And not only did his revenue go up, his profitability went up that when he went to go sell the company, it was like, what? Right. So what ends up happening is, is when you niche down. So, for example, let's say the baby thing, you know that either they're going to have another baby or the baby's going to get older (laughs) and they're going to do something (laughs) else. But guess what? Now they're in your world. So now, just like I was saying when when my client asked me, he's like, hey, do you do this? Well, now that I have him in my world, but he came to me for one thing, right? And now that he's here, I can be able to look and see, hey, what do you want? Or what else else do you need? Or I identify things and I say, oh, we can help you with that here. And it would be the same thing for you. So you would either identify, well, what's the next need or problem that they would have? So what is that next milestone for that child, right? Um, Also, too, now you're looking at referrals because I know when I got pregnant, my sister-in-law was pregnant, my friend was pregnant, right? So now you're looking at, oh, my God, that quilt is beautiful. Where'd you get? Oh, you know. So then that's also how it starts getting out and getting word. And then once they're in your world, you go to sell them something else. Yes, which, okay, I'm going to give a shout out to one of my students here because this has come to my mind. She speaks Spanish and she started a Spanish speaking podcast for quilters. Mm -hmm. I cannot think of a much more narrow niche, right? And now she's like, she'll reach out every once in a while. What about this? What about this? And she was like, I have a separate Instagram account for the Spanish speaking. I was like, yeah, you need to only do that. Mm -hmm. Like, Go all in. She's like, what about all my English speaking people? I'm like, they're not your customers. Mm -hmm. Like it's so scary for people to give up because they feel like, 
But if I appeal to more people, I'll have more customers. And I don't know how to like express to people except show examples of success yes. like you just did. Yes. And I but, yeah, where she's I'm so coming from. And here's the thing. You have to decide for you as a business owner, how much time and energy are you willing to do? So really to me, that's like having two full businesses because you would yeah. have, if she did a course or, or even like the instructions would be spent, you know, so it's like also pulling yourself in two different directions, right? Yep. So it's like, does she have a team that can maybe do X, Y, Z, maybe in the future, right? Um, I don't know if you follow Shalene Johnson. She's one, Mm-mm. she was actually, if you've ever heard of Beachbody, it's like a no oh, workout. Yeah, yeah. Okay. So she yeah. was one of the fitness personalities. And that's how I got in this business. Really? <laughs> her. So she had this, whatever. <laughs> and then she got into the business and marketing and the, and it kind of all fluctuated. So what, one of the things, and this is where I learned from her is that she was the go-to fitness, whatever. And she didn't introduce the marketing until she was already known for one thing and people continue to buy, buy, buy. And then now she introduces. So now when you're talking about increase that upsell or the purchase, now it's like, okay, well, who was in here that was in fitness that maybe has a business and wants to learn marketing. And then she was able to go off in two things. But that took her years to do. Yes. Right? Well, and with the niche, I mean, going back to this idea, generally a niche is solving a problem. So let's use the Spanish-speaking quilter. I literally have people who speak Spanish and they're like, I want to learn how to do this, but nobody's, there's a hole. Like there's a group, a population that has a problem that's not being solved or they're looking for a product, but like, who's the go-to? Where do I go to find this? Right. And I cannot tell you how many people are like, I'm just learning how to quilt. What's the best beginner? If someone could really niche down and become the go-to beginning quilter, but nobody does. Right. Because they're like, but then I want to add this and this. Like if you can be known as the go-to yes. and solve that problem, you will increase your sales and credibility. I mean, and you could things. even... I mean, depending on, I I wouldn't say not to niche yourself down so small that there's like only a hole that, you know, um, you can even be like, even if we go back to the baby quilting that does maybe for babies of, um, uh, like military spouses or something like, absolutely. Right. Absolutely. And then your patterns and your designs are all blah, 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 army, Navy, whatever. Right. Or firefighters, please. Like, like that, those types of things, because then there's a market for that. Because it's like, well, wait yep. a minute, I find these baby things, but, you know, there's one and then everybody has, you know, mm-hmm. so there's all kinds of ways. I'm telling you, like, the more you can niche down, the more success you'll have. Yep. Like, it's it's crazy. And it's always scary. Any student who I have a coaching call with, even when I talk about branding, like, you need to choose certain colors and only stick with that. They're like, but I like all the colors. I'm like, that's great. You can like all the colors. Right. But your business has to have a brand. Right. You know? Mm-hmm. Because it's recognizable. Exactly. Yep. Mm -hmm. Yep. So for you, what have been some of the biggest, I mean, we've talked about mindset. They have to be ready to accept that success, lean into the fear of growth. But what are some other things when you meet a business owner that you would say, like, really strive to have X, Y, Z to be successful? Mm -hmm. I'm putting you on the spot here. but I know. I'm like, oh, so many things. (laughs) Um, I really look at it like, 
a couple of things like when you're when we were just talking about this is how quickly you can snap out of something or and or one of the other things is how resourceful are you right mm. that is huge yes because you could pretty much figure everything out I I tell my mom and one of my friends is I'm like I am not 1-800 support or am I not Google <laughs> yes. I appreciate that you think I'm so smart but I am not <laughs> as smart as Google okay um and those are the little things that it's like okay it'll take you two seconds to you know what I mean to be more resourceful or figure out like where you can find these things I think that alone is really good um the other thing is really taking responsibility for your business, right? It's like, no one's going to save you. I'm not here to save you, your, you know, your spouse or whoever. It's like, it's up to you. And as if you want your company to be successful, it's like you have to step up to the plate and really um, do that. And that's one of the things that I noticed, even sitting around a room like we're in this mastermind together this year. It's so exciting. Um, it's like when you sit around the room and you're looking at these women, um, only cause there's no men in there, but, um, right. <laughs> you're looking at them like, okay, what I always look and say, okay, what do I admire about each person? Right. And sometimes, and not with everyone, like as I started working more on my, um, like working through the way my, my thoughts, you know, create my feelings and all that kind of stuff. And I, beca- I've become more self-aware. So what happens Mm -hmm. is, is I can catch myself, not all the time, but I can hear myself saying certain things and I'm like, oh, I need to change that. Right. And I can also hear when someone else is talking, when they're fighting for their limiting beliefs. Right. Yep. So it's like, um, depending on how close I am, (laughs) I'm like, did you notice (laughs) that you said this or whatever? Um, Because sometimes we don't notice that we're saying it. One thing I heard, um, and I thought this was interesting um, Brooke Castillo say, she's like, Mm -hmm. what is the one sentence, at least one that you say on repeat, um, that is causing you not to do your things. Right. And when you hear questions like that, like little prompts that you can find journaling somewhere that then now you become more aware of what is it that you're saying to yourself? How are you responding to those things and becoming more self-aware about that? will just put you in a different position of who you need to be right now in this second to show up and be the boss that you know you need to be, right? Yeah. Which I and I am so curious to hear your thoughts on this because as I'm going through this, I just had the thought uh, tell me, I don't know, okay, tell me your thoughts on this. We need to have all all types, right? Like I have a friend who I was chatting with the other day and I was like, what's your dream? What would you love to do? And she was like, I love to be a worker bee. I want to be behind the scenes. I don't want to make the decisions. And so I, as I'm hearing this, I'm thinking people might think that, oh, I can make it work. But being an entrepreneur, owning your own business doesn't have to be everyone's dream, right? Correct. Like. So maybe those limiting beliefs, I, not that it's not limiting beliefs, maybe it's just self-actualization. Mm-hmm. Like what, what is your joy? What really does light you up? You know, is this the thing for you? And not letting it be because you don't believe you can do it, but I guess being aware enough that this is really what you want to do, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. And even for me, um, well, I call that also too, when you're like, oh, she wants to do this. It's like recognizing your own strengths. And if you do want to be an entrepreneur and have a team, who can offset? So if you are the true visionary, I'm sure you're not all up in your project management system, like making sure deadlines <laughs> right. are being met. 
Okay. Like I get it. So it's like, but who can you have come on and help you to make sure those deadlines are being met so you can, you know, achieve your dreams or financial freedom or whatever it is that you're looking for. Um, so I know for me, I also got into like a niche and then it was like, oh, oh, I don't want to do this anymore. It doesn't light me up. How the heck do I get out of it and move and pivot? Right. So that yep. was challenging for me as much as I, in my mind, was like, oh, I'm doing this. Nobody else was going along with me. I'm like, hey, guys, I'm over here. <laughs> and then it was like, oh, no, we're still calling you for this. So that was a little challenging but in navigating through that. But then you figure it out because what's more important yep. is that you be happy and you want to sit down at your desk every day, not crawl back under the sheets, you know? Right. That's also, yeah, that's a really good point too. Cause you might be really having success or moving forward with this thing, but you realize you don't like it. Mm-mm. And that's not a failure. No. Like that is learning. And now you've pivoted, you've changed exactly. and here you are. And I literally said to myself, like, I kind of got down on myself a, kind of a little bit. I was still like, I don't know, is this the right thing? Like the, the doubt of, do people not see me like this? So I was putting my, I was allowing other people to put the value on me rather than me put the value on myself. And then one day I was just like, I built my agency up from nothing. If I did it once, I could do it again. So I really yeah. looked at it like I'm building it up from nothing and I'm going to go this way. You know what I mean? But it didn't, didn't take away what knowledge and what experience and what I've already learned that I already had. Yeah. Right. Because so, it's valuable. Exactly. And that's what I just had to literally keep reminding myself. Like, I know this. I could do this. And, and it was like I had to, I think they call it like evidence stacking. I had to like either write it down, going back and look at here's evidence of what I did here. I literally have a like a folder of testimonials. So sometimes I would go back, look at screenshots that somebody sent me just to remind, not to like build my ego, but to remind myself of who I am because I was not. I was not even open to hearing it, right? It was like my husband would say, oh, but this. And I'm like, oh, you only say that because you're my husband and you love me. Or, oh, but this. Oh, no, no, no. They only said that because. And I would make all these excuses. And then I'm like, wait a minute. Why am I doing that? They wouldn't have said, let's not talk about my husband. But this person wouldn't (laughs) have told me that. They didn't have to. So it's like recognizing that in yourself and being open to receive it. Absolutely. And that's so smart that you save it. I've started, I wish I'd done it sooner, but saving the nice DMs or emails, like some days I've really got to pull those out and be like, let's read that again. Yeah. Yeah. So have you ever experienced people tearing you down publicly that you're aware of? Oh, publicly? Mm, Not publicly. Um, But I've had had, I've had had one that I comes to mind of a client that did not see that they were the problem. (laughs) Okay. Listen, (laughs) I worked with my mom for 30 years. And so no matter what I did, it was like, um, if a customer said something, it was, even though she would defend me to them, it was always something we could have done better. Okay. Right. So I interpreted that, that, okay, well, I was always wrong. Right. Or I, you know, and then, of course, as I matured, I realized, okay, maybe it is that we could have done something better. Um, But these are the lessons that you go to learn from where it's like you have to stand in your power and your knowledge and your authority or whatever it is. And sometimes you have to realize that they're not going to see it your way, that there could be one circumstance with two different perspectives and 
unfortunately, we have to be professional <laughs> in our response yep. <laughs> or whatever, because especially in um, like in my world, if it is all referrals, like I don't want the reputation to be whatever that is. And it I, and it was funny enough because the girl that was working for me at the time, she recognized it right away. I kind of felt something in my gut. And then I thought, well, wait a minute, this woman is at a higher level than what I'm normal, what I'm used to dealing with. So maybe this is the personality of the person at this level. So this is okay. We can do this. I am strong enough to get through it. And then as we were going through and going through, the girl that worked for me, I could tell like she didn't want to say anything because I kind of shut her down, which also as a boss, I'm learning my lesson not to always do like, I didn't like stop complaining, but I was just like, it's okay. Right. And you know, we're going to get through this. And then I was like, I should have listened to you. I should have listened to you and listened to my gut. Um, but yeah, but I would say that was it. And then we just figured it out to work, um, you know, to be okay with it. Because I really recognized that were there lessons that we learned? Yes. Was I in the, like, who's really wrong or right? Right. right. You just have to be good with it. And look, I'm still here today and people... <laughs> still refer yep. me business and people are very, very yep. happy. And sometimes, I mean, you talked about people ripping you down in person, like something happened with another client <clears throat> and I thought, oh my God, they're, he's so mad at me. And then he ca literally called my phone number, which I never give out my phone number, but I was like, and he's like, I just wanted to tell you how awesome you are. And here I was thinking, oh, he's mad because this happened, you know, which right. wasn't even my fault, but I felt like, oh, like this whole link thing that wasn't my fault but then I'm like I right, felt yep. like oh should I have followed up with her right I I right. automatically take on that responsibility even though it's not my role so I almost put some of this negativity on myself so I have to learn yep. to you know let that go that has been interesting for me as a business owner at first whenever someone emailed with like this didn't go right I was instantly like they're right I I made a mistake mm -hmm. and then I kind of overcorrected and I was like oh no I know I'm right and now I'm in this in between line of like step back look at what happened and answer with kindness you know and like see if there's something you could learn or do better here right. and if not then be nice about mm -hmm. it you know so mm -hmm. not that I wasn't nice about it but <laughs> Yeah. So, well, this has been such a fun conversation. Mm -hmm. I could chat with you for days and days, but for our listeners who want to find you, where's the best place for them to find you? You can find me on Instagram at the Michelle Fernandez. You could send me a DM. That would be awesome. <laughs> awesome. And you have a podcast as I well. I do. It's called the Traffic and Conversion Show. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for being here. It was a pleasure. Yes. Thank you for having me. Michelle, thank you so much for being here on the podcast. It was so fun chatting with you. If you couldn't tell, just the vibe in the podcast is so relaxed and fun. And Michelle really knows, I mean, she has experience helping with marketing. And I do invite you to go over and check out her podcast where I'm a guest on an episode because, like I said, we dive deeper into my experience hiring her. But um, yeah, she's the real deal. Like she really knows what she's talking about. And I hope that you enjoyed hearing from her about tips for success for your business and a few little marketing strategies sprinkled in there, you know, your customer journey and offering some upsells along the way. So thank you so much for being here on the Crafty Career Podcast. Again, if you've not left a review, please do. It really does make a difference for the longevity of the podcast. 
Also, I do rely on referrals. Chances are you heard about this podcast from somebody else. And if you have, I'd love for you to pay that forward. Take a screenshot, share the podcast with someone who you know would benefit from hearing about the podcast. That would mean the world to me and it would make the difference for one of your entrepreneurial friends. So thank you so much for being here on the Craft to Career podcast. We'll see you back here next Friday. Until then, have a wonderful week. Thank you.